They say there's nothing more exciting than a Game 7. We've got three on tap with the possibility of three more coming up this weekend. The playoffs have been exciting so far, and we've got you covered here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin, and with me, as we do every Friday, is Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find me at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Rachel, happy Friday. Happy Friday. So much playoff action going on right now i'm a little bleary eyed if you're watching on youtube but that's because of all of the game six action we had last night yeah some really great games and you know the these series uh you know six of the eight series still going on it's been exciting hockey back and forth in in so many of them and uh I love me a game seven. There is nothing like a game seven in an NHL playoff series after six games. There's usually some grudge matches, some bad blood. The intensity is there. Winner go home. I am enjoying this ride so far. I am too. And, you know, obviously both of our regular teams are out of the playoffs. And I think it just allows us to enjoy it in a way that maybe if your team's in it, you can't because you're stressed out about it. And I am just having an absolute ball during this playoff season, just enjoying the hockey for what it is. Exactly. You could you could just be a fan and sit back and and enjoy the game for the sake of the game. And the beautiful thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is everything gets taken up a notch. So you, you're seeing hockey at its best. And, uh, I mean, it, it really has been uh, a great playoff. And, I, I mean, you, you look last night. Let, let's, let's start with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they advance, beating the Minnesota Wild 5-1. to one. They win the series in six games. And... I mean, wow, the closing them out. This was a this was a close series, even though it went six instead of seven. Well, it's interesting because I think that even though the Wild were able to come back and, you know, win games two and three, they took that series lead. For me, the Blues were going to win it the whole time. I just feel like game one established what their plan was this series and that once game four hit the blues just had this tunnel vision of what to do to get it done and the wild just could not match that energy so i've just sort of felt for the last three games that this was the blues series to lose well and and they proved you right and the five one win clinching it out so uh we we have the blues advancing uh, in their series against the Minnesota Wild, Minnesota season ending. The uh, Boston Bruins forcing a game seven in that series. They beat the Carolina Hurricane five to two. And, you know, every year, it seems, a, at least one of the wild card teams eliminates a division leader 
we still have that possibility now. We do. It's going to be tough, though, for Boston to pull this off. If you look at the series, of course, every single home team has won the games this series so far. And it really has felt like the Bruins have fed off that home ice energy every single time. You could especially see it in Brad Marchand's game. What a series he is having. He's got four goals, 11 points total. Uh, Right now, he's just one point behind McDavid overall in the NHL for scoring. And uh, Jeremy Swayman has stepped up for the Bruins. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but Carolina has just seem to have found a way to win pretty decisively at home. They have. It's a tough place to play. You know, that that is not an easy uh, rink to play in for visiting teams. And <clears throat> to have game seven at home, that's, you know, the big benefit of home ice advantage. We'll see if it pays off, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Carolina Hurricanes. The Edmonton Oilers rescued their season, forcing a uh, game seven. The Kings had a chance to Close it out at home and couldn't quite pull it off. But I'll tell you, you got to give L.A. credit. No one even expected them to be here this year. Exactly. And we talked about this series last week that the Kings were kind of playing with house money in this series. And they seem to be having fun with it, regardless of the outcome of each game. And, you know, I thought that the Oilers just really stepped it up a little bit in game six, uh, coming out real strong, um, putting the Kings in a difficult position of having to come from behind to, to win it. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't get it done to eliminate Edmonton. But I think that while, you know, we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, (laughs) but I think at least for me, the spotlight of what could spectacularly go wrong this playoffs, that spotlight has been on the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, since the beginning of the series. And I think the Oilers have gotten a little bit of a pass again, partially because of you know, East Coast media bias, as they say, in terms of eyes on those games. But the fact that the Kings are taking this series to a game seven is absolutely tremendous. I think that they've really figured out overall what to do defensively. They just have to make, you know, slightly fewer mistakes and get a couple of more of those shots in. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, one of the contrasts you're going to have in this game seven You have a Kings team that should be much looser, has nothing to lose, playing with house money, as they say, and an Edmonton Oilers team where the media pressure from that fan base and that market uh, not going to be easy because expectations have been so high for so long and Edmonton has not been able to advance deep into the playoffs. Yeah, so I am very interested in this particular game seven because like which Oilers team is going to show up and what's the goaltending going to look like for them, (laughs) I think is the biggest question that we have to ask about them every game. Yeah, always a little detail there. And then, you know, you you mentioned the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. What a series that has been. And Braden Point is this. This guy only scores big goals, you know. I he mean, does. It, he it's really unbelievable. Does. Oh, what a game! I, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat 
for most of the third period, all of that overtime. And especially in that overtime, you could see the clock ticking down. And I think everybody thinking, oh, are we going to go to a second overtime here? And Lightning were just like, nope, we're, we're getting this one. We're getting it done. And I, yeah, I really honestly felt like the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to win it. Like my gut just said they were I think they were playing so well and at least for a big stretch even of the late third period uh, as that clock was ticking down toward the end of regulation and for a good chunk of that overtime period Toronto just seemed to have much stronger possession they had better quality shots and I think like from a numbers perspective you would think the odds would have been in in the Leafs favor but I I think that the lightning kind of re energize themselves at some point maybe midway through that overtime period and then the play I thought was a little bit more even at that point and then really anybody could have taken it and the lightning did we've got another game seven I do not uh like really envy any of the Leafs fans feeling this (laughs) game seven pressure but I feel like it's the same for the Lightning at this point too given they still are the defending champs and so they have a lot to prove as well they do they do but uh I don't know that that pressure in Toronto between the media attention and the history of that franchise wow 55 years and counting you know Maple Leaf fans it's been a couple of generations it has. I am just really excited, I think, for, for this Game 7. Obviously, we'll talk about that schedule more later in the show. Absolutely. Rachel, why don't you uh, tell us a little something about Bilt Bar? Happy to, because I love Bilt Bars. And, you know, summer is coming. You're going to need some food on the go as you're doing all your outdoor activities. Bilt Bars are the perfect snack to take with you. You can throw them in your bag or in your kid's backpack. And everybody will be fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Bilt Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food just for your health. You can have both with Bilt Bar. All Built Bars and their Built Bar Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and enjoy doing it. Have you tried those puffs? They come in some really cool flavors like banana cream pie, even churro, and they're only 140 calories. If that's not enough flavor for you, try a mixed box. I love doing this because you get 12 flavors of Bilt Bars and Puffs. They make sure there's something in there for everyone. My favorite flavor is Cherry Barcia. It's the best. You should check it out. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. If you go to built.com, you'll find all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate. They're so delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. Go to that built.com website. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So lots of great games coming up tonight i mean this weekend is going to be full of hockey and let, let's start with the let's start with the new york rangers 
going into Pittsburgh for game six to face the Penguins. Penguins, Louis Domingue still finding ways to get it done. They're up three to two, although he didn't look so good in uh, game five. But uh, this series has been very, very intense, to say the least. It has. And you're spot on about Louis Domingue. I think all of us were kind of like, I don't know. If he's your <laughs> goaltender, can the Pens actually pull this off? And, you know, th- they have to some degree. Obviously, um, the Rangers had other thoughts in game five. And, you know, like you said, Domingue was shaky, but. Uh, like I was telling you before we started recording, I was actually on the New York City subway after game five. Rangers fans seem to be loud and confident, um, but I'm not sure that's out of the ordinary for them to begin with. <laughs> but uh, they were really pleased with the outcome of game five. Got to talk to a couple of them on the train. And I think they're really confident going into game six in, in Pittsburgh. I think that uh, they really think they can take advantage of Domingue, like you said. And plus, I guess we got to talk about that Jacob Truba hit on Sidney Crosby and what that we can do. do for this series. We do. And uh, I mean, I saw the play. Uh, we reviewed it again right before we started the show. I don't think it was an intentional hit, but it definitely was a, a hit to the head. No no suspension, no fine. Your thoughts on that? I do ultimately think it was the right call. If you look, Jacob Truba was definitely going for the puck. His head was down and his body positioning was with the stick to try and get the puck. I do think it was a mistake on his part in terms of having his head that far down and maybe should have been a little bit more aware of his surroundings. You know, I just think it was an accident on that front, but it's just so hard in these heightened emotional situations. Um, And, you know, Sidney Crosby is such a critical part. I mean, he is the linchpin of this Penguins team. And so totally understand being upset if, if he's out for game six. No, no doubt. And, And it always raises the question and the debate, you know, does the NHL do enough to protect its star players? Because, at the end of the day, a lot more people are buying tickets to see Sidney Crosby play than they are to see the, you know, third or third pair defensemen on on most teams. So, uh, you know, isn't it in the best interest of the league to make sure that Crosby stays healthy? I mean, it is. But the problem is, is that the thing that you're ideally supposed to do from an officiating perspective is call the game evenly and call the game consistently that the players involved shouldn't have anything to do with it but you do have this trend of putting the whistles away during the playoffs and it should be either for everybody or for nobody right and you know especially in this situation where it feels like there wasn't an intention to the hit like what are you supposed to do to protect Crosby in this situation like there's nothing that you could actively do no to do that other than maybe give him a penalty like a two-minute minor that would be questionable like it wouldn't have been according to the rules so I, I don't know what you do there no I I agree with you had to ask you about Igor Shesterkin he is not played up to his usual standard in the playoffs for, for most of the playoffs 
was even benched in in uh yeah you know wh- how worried are you if you're a ranger fan about igor shesterkin's lack of uh taking it up a notch in the in the playoffs in fact he's fallen back a notch or two well this is something that i know i have been concerned about as we've been talking about the rangers during the regular season and you know you and i both know having had to face the rangers a lot uh in division rivals for both our teams and you could see them riding Shesterkin really hard this whole regular season. And to me, it's just, it's not a matter of him not stepping up to, for the playoffs. It's the, a matter of him being tired and they overworked him during the regular season. And that's a huge part of getting through a regular season is having a goaltender who is hot, but not tired, right? Yeah, it's got to find that sweet spot. He's sharp, but he's not exhausted. Yeah, and so to me, that's the issue here is that he played too much during the regular season, and that's you know coming home to roost a little bit for him. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he can force a game seven tonight, seven o'clock Eastern time at Pittsburgh, the Rangers and the Penguins, and we have to hope, obviously, that Sidney Crosby is uh, fine and, and able to go. Panthers have a chance to close out the Washington Capitals game six tonight in our nation's capital, uh, 7.30 Eastern time start. And, you know, to me, I think the Panthers, the first few games of this series, they were sort of feeling their way as far as the, the making the adjustment to playoff style hockey. But the last two games of this series, I think they sort of found their groove a little bit. They really have, and especially Carter Verhage. I mean, what a performance in Game 5 for him. So much fun to watch. Uh, Got two goals in that game and was the difference maker, in my opinion, in that one. And, yeah, I I really think it just took them a little bit, and especially when you're playing a team like the Washington Capitals that have so many strong veteran players on that team that have experience winning a Stanley cup, like you can't discount that at all. And so I think it'll just be a matter of can the Panthers get it together to win on the road and close it out. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think that's going to be the case. And, and look, the, the advantage, obviously they have two, two swings at the uh, two bites at the apple, as they say, uh, while the capitals have no margin for error. How about Alexander Ovechkin, uh, his impact on the series so far? Have they done a decent job of trying to contain him? Yes and no. I think that in in the early games especially, I felt like there was a little bit too much of a focus on him to some degree at the expense of, you know, some other defensive woes that the Panthers had where they were just kind of, I think, a little hesitant even within their own system which has been so successful for them all season long and i think that's what happened in those later games that they just said no this is who we are this is our system this is how we get it done and and they focused on their own play more than maybe trying to be reactive to the caps yeah i i think that's right and i think again that's part of the adjustment they sort of straightened that out <clears throat> and you saw the results on the ice. We've got two more series to discuss and more of the upcoming weekend's schedule. But first, this episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online, our partners at Bet Online. 
<clears throat> continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. One more game six tonight. It's in Dallas. The Flames have a three to two lead now in their series against the Dallas Stars. So for Dallas, it's winner go home. And I, I, I think Calgary is also one of those teams that sort of, you know, made some adjustments in this in their series and was able to find their game as the series progressed. Hundred percent agree with you there. I took. I think it just took a little bit for their. Um, sorry for this pun, but their stars to <laughs> to get it together a little bit and step up and kind of take control. But I think, you know, the last two games in this series have proven, I think, what we knew from the beginning, that ultimately the Flames were the better team coming into the series. And I think that's really all they have to do. And I think that in this case, being on the road for Calgary isn't going to be as big of a hurdle to overcome than maybe some of the other series we've talked about. I feel like Calgary is good on the road. They've already won one in uh, Dallas. So I, I, I feel pretty confident about Calgary. Uh, I do too. And you know, their defense has just clamped down on the stars (laughs) over the last few games. I mean, uh, Dallas just is, is, what is it? One goal a game. It's like, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So those are the games for tonight. Now there's, there are uh, one other series that had ended earlier, Colorado beating the Nashville Predators in four games. So we now know one second round series is set and that will be Colorado and St. Louis. Uh, nice grudge match series there. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I think that, you know, Colorado had a bit of an easy path in that first round, whereas, you know, St. Louis, we talked about, you know, they looked like the stronger team in the latter part of that series. Absolutely. But it was definitely a more difficult series. So are they more battle ready? And could they get a jump on the Avs? It is possible. But I still think the Avs come into the series as as the clear favorites. And Jordan Bennington, he always seems to pick his game up come playoff time. That he does. That he does. I think he's been a big part of the Blues' success. Any thoughts about a, a potential Blues, you know, the Avs, Blues series? Uh, who, who would you think is the favorite over the long haul? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Blues could be a surprise winner here, but I still think I'm going to pick the Avalanche. I have to pick the Avs. I mean, they're so deep and so talented. You know, the Blues are the kind of team that can sort of give them trouble. So I I don't see this being a four or five game series by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's going to be some very good hockey. But boy, Colorado is deep and talented. And it, it is tough to pick against them at this point in time. Definitely. And, you know, we we know that on Saturday we have three 
game sevens coming back to back to back. Uh, this is going to be a great Saturday of hockey. You start 4.30 Eastern time. Carolina, number one seed, uh, you know, in their division now, trying to close out the Boston Bruins in Carolina. Can the Bruins pull this upset off? I just, I don't think so. I just think Carolina is going to step it up at home. I think the only kind of way around that is if the Canes goaltending just collapses. Yeah. Honestly, I, I just think their system is too strong and they just don't want to be embarrassed at home. You know, to me, it's the scoring depth that Carolina can give you. Boston, you know, doesn't have as much depth up and down that lineup to put the puck in the net. I think that plus Colorado being at home gives them a slight edge, but it's going to be a heck of a game. I think so too. Then, of course, Tampa Bay, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in Toronto to face a Maple Leafs team under a heck of a lot of pressure. You know, the, the, this is this series almost shouldn't be a first-round series. That's how good these two teams are. I know. That's uh, one of the things when the bracket sort of was finalized. And, of course, it took until the very end of the season to do so. And... This matchup has been so good and so entertaining, but uh, you almost want it a little bit later in the playoffs. So, you know, you you have to take advantage of of watching it, though. And the good thing is that being on Saturday, they staggered the game. So we have that 4.30 start. We have this game starting at 7, and the late game starts at 10. So you can put your full attention on Game 7 as it should be. You know one of these games is going to go to overtime and put a little fly oh, I in hope the so. there, I but, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, prediction time. Do, do the Lightning continue their defense of the Stanley Cup and send the Maple Leafs home disappointed, or does Toronto end the jinx and finally win a playoff round? Uh, I'm so superstitious about these things. And so I want to say the Leafs are going to win. Is that reverse psychology? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> But I just, I don't know. It just feels like this is the Leafs year to do it. It feels like it. All right. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Tampa. I, I think the Leafs will find a way to, to not get it done, but we'll see. It's going to be a great game. And then the 10 o'clock game, which you mentioned, the LA Kings in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. We've talked about the series a little bit. The, the Kings playing with house money, you know, the Kings have a, a history of upsetting some very good Oilers teams, even if you go back to the miracle at Manchester. I, I, I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I think so, too. I think it'll be a close game, and it's just going to be a matter of if the stars on the Edmonton Oilers can put up the points. I, I just think that if McDavid can step up and and really lead this team, I think they'll be okay. I, I just, you know, you just can't count the Kings out, like you said. And if they can get their defensive game together that they've been successful at with the series so far, they could pull an upset. But my gut says the Oilers are going to win this one. My gut does as well. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second. What? Now make your second listen. Sorry, Gil. Do you want to go back and do 
the world championship? Oh yeah, we do that. Good, good call. Yes, we do have the world championships getting underway this weekend. And that is going to be some exciting hockey as well. Uh, and you know, for those of us who have, you know, teams that are not in the playoffs, this is where some of your better players are going. Exactly. I think it'll be a fun tournament to keep your eye on on the side of the playoffs. We've got some NHL stars in there, but we've also got some key draft eligible prospects playing in the tournament as well. We've got David Juracek on Czechia. We've got two top guys on Slovakia with Juroslavkovsky and Shimon Nemec. And my favorite thing about this tournament is that England is in it. <laughs> Gotta love those Union Jack jerseys. They're they are delightful. Nice. So I will absolutely be watching some of the games in this tournament. And that kicks off today on Friday. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And thanks for reminding me about that. So now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.